1: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tirewreck.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dyna Pro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to tirerack.com slash sports. Tirewreck.com. That's the way tire buying should be. What up with your Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We'll help you get there with unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10000 recommended installers. installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in. John Middlecoff upcoming He's our NFL analyst. He's also a golf dude, and uh, he grew up in Sacramento. I got to ask him about Steph Curry, dropping 50, Game 7, the Dubs, the team that he likes now against the Kings, the team he grew up watching. We have to more Lakers and Warriors talk upcoming as well. Plus, we have the press. We got the MVP award, which is going to be given out. We got a lot of stuff going on here today. We got some baseball. I think Jay Stu wants to vent. On, uh, Are you mad at the Dodgers, or are you mad at Trey Turner? Oh, no,
4: I'm mad at the Dodgers, yeah. They uh, they let two of the top five shortstops in the golden age of shortstops. They've let two out of the top five go in the last two years, and each of them they had in their clubhouse to negotiate with for a long time. And then Trey Turner admitted yesterday that they did not offer him any money during a free agency.
1: Now they are in first place, right? I mean, so th- this is—it's like—and and granted, they got out to a sluggish start. They've won four in a row, and uh, four games over five hundred, and but but seem to have figured some some stuff out. I don't think that shortstop is their biggest issue, um, and they have two more with the Phillies. Of course, we think we're going to see Bryce Harper tonight, or he's available tonight. And then they go to San Diego, which uh, uh, this is their first matchup against their new rival. I, I know you look down on the Padres from from the South. Then they go to Milwaukee, another first place team, then San Diego again. So we'll find out how good the Dodgers are. And uh, can we have that Trey Turner discussion in the podcast? Is that, is that OK, Jay Stu?
4: Let's do that. I, can, I, I got a lot can to bend. say about that.
1: OK, so if you just listen to the show, our third hour of the show is podcast only. It We go live as soon as the second hour of the radio show is over. It's called In the Bonus. If you download the Doug Gottlieb Show, podca- uh, show on podcast, I think it actually pops up first after it populates right at the end of the show. Th- these are all words that I'm just um, using somebody else's words. I don't actually know what they mean. I, I did want to get to this one nugget. You know, it's, it's weird. A lot of times, athletes, but especially people outside, they, they take a contract like the one given to Jordan Love and they're like, whoa, maybe they don't believe in Jordan Love. Jordan Love today signed a new contract. It's basically a reworked fifth-year option for $14 million in change. That, that's the contract. And it's really an, an interesting way of doing business if you're the Packers, right? Because the Packers, y- y- there's obvious belief there in Jordan Love. But is it undying belief? Like, no, not really. We, we've seen him barely. You know, we've seen him barely. And and to help him out, it's like they didn't want to lose Aaron Rodgers. They just, he didn't want to play for him. And they feel like they did everything in their power to play for him. So now they, instead of picking up his fifth-year option, they reworked his deal for $14 million in change. This is brilliant business. Brilliant. Because it tells Jordan Love, like, hey, for two years, you got a shot. This is your team. And really, considering the money he's making this year, which is very minimal, and of course it spikes up with the fifth-year option, the average, I, I think, between the next two years is like $8 million. That, that's like high-level backup money. It allows the Packers to continue building their roster and figuring out, all right, is Jordan Love our guy? Or, remember, they have, you know, potentially two first round picks next year. They got a ton of draft picks upcoming. Could they be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. So I I, I love the deal. And to anyone who says, well, hold on, that's not fair. It's well, it's a <laughs> $22.5 million extension, but only 13.5 million are guaranteed. Otherwise, otherwise, uh he would have made $20.27 million. Twenty point two seven million dollars. So this is like, look, if he balls out and performs, he'll make more than he would have otherwise. But worst case scenario, they're going to pay him thirteen five. And remember, he's making two point three this year. So two point three at fifteen, sixteen million. Yeah, it's like eight million dollars, a little less than eight million dollars combined for two years. And Brian Koenig says it's a lot of money for a guy who hasn't played. But at the same time, we're obviously moving forward with him, so we'll figure that out by Tuesday. That's what he said the other day. He's right. Fifth-year option was too much money for a guy we've never seen start a full season. But you do want to give him at least like, hey, man, you're our guy. Here's essentially, you know, $16 million guaranteed over the next two years to figure out if you're good enough. And if you're not, like, dude, five years in the NFL, two years as a starter, we move on. I think all that's fair. I think it's smart. I think it's a good way to do business. It may not feel good. It may feel super weird, but now think about it. Think about where they are cap wise. Remember, right now they're carrying a gigantic cap number, uh, cap hit because of Aaron Rodgers, but all that comes out the cap next year. And then next year, they got a quarterback making, what, $13.5 million guaranteed? I, I, I think the Packers do feel like they're trying to do what others have done, which is, hey, let's rework and rebuild our roster and spread out all that money and then get a bunch of draft picks and then if we if this young quarterback doesn't work we'll go and get another young quarterback I like it what was Jordan Love's his leverage was hey I don't want to sign you don't want to give me the fifth year option I'll play all year and maybe you get a Daniel Jones or maybe you're sent packing now he's got $13.5 million next year in his back pocket. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So put me down for the I like it. Be, because it's, it's saying like, well, I think we like Jordan Love, but we don't know. Which is a very reasonable thing. No one knows until the lights are on, the popcorn's popping. What happens the second, the third, the fourth, the eighth week that he's starting when people have a book on what he does well and what he doesn't do well? Does he get hurt? How does he play while he's hurt? How does he lead? It's a complete, It's all these things that you can say you know, but you don't know until you know, you know? Um. did you see the ratings for the NBA playoffs are up, Jason Stewart? I did. Uh, uh, TNT year-to-year up 6%. All the numbers are up. All the viewership is up. So here's this has been my take the entire time. I know what happens with the sports landscape where people want to make political statements out of whatever the ratings are. And I do think that dur- during times of kind of political warfare if you will that using sports as a weapon is a real thing but I also think that some of it is just you got to have the right teams having the Knicks having the Lakers it changes everything and you have the Knicks you have the Lakers you have Steph and you have LeBron it changes everything now Steph or LeBron is going home at the end of the series that's going to hurt the numbers but one of them is also going to the conference finals. So that'll help the numbers. <coughs> and then the East, I don't think anyone has the level of popularity enough to, to break through. But you do have three historically significant names in the northeastern uh, Nor- North corridor. And you've got Philly, Boston, and New York all playing. That's go- these series are going to be a huge win. My expectations are these series will be up double digits from last year. It's not because of political affiliation. It's not because of political stances. It's not because of anything more than you have the big teams and you have many of the big players. And if we're honest, many of the American-born players. It, it, you don't want to take away from Jokic or take away from, uh, to a lesser extent, Luka or take away from Embiid, but the numbers would bear out that LeBron and Steph and, to a lesser extent, Kevin Durant far more popular or even polarizing than foreign-born players. Fox Sports
3: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
5: live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you?
1: You know, let's do this. Let's welcome in John Middlecoff. Three and Out's the podcast. Go Low is the uh, golf podcast. Um, did you go to Kings Warriors Game 7?
3: I did not, no. I uh, I was actually in transit back to Arizona. I watched the first half on my phone in the plane, and then second half I was able to get home and watch it.
1: I turned to my son. Uh, the game was just getting underway. We got done with an AAU game, and... Uh, at at lunch, he was betting all his buddies on who would win the Knicks uh, Heat series, and I was like, "Hey, dude, you could have taken a bunch of money off them with the Kings Warriors." He's like, "Oh, the Kings are going to win." I was like, mm, "No." It's like, "Why?" I was like, "Well, they just they haven't done this before, and it's just different." Is that what you attested to? Is it was is it just different in a game seven?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I, w- I was there at game five and. Um You know, it's probably not as crazy as way back in the day at Arco, just like Chase is not as crazy as it was at Oracle. But relative to the NBA in 2023, it was really loud, and it was really intense. And they kind of – I don't want to say they pull a -a rope-a-dope, but they just stay alive, stay alive, and then, you know, with 15, 20 minutes left in the game, they just kind of take you out. And, you know, that game was less about Steph going for 50 and more just – the whole unit just finding a way. They're just winners, you know. And it's
2: winners win. a little
3: they're like uh, Belichick and Brady and a lot of those teams. That they are very comfortable on the road, which, as you see all over the in all sports, it's an uncomfortable environment. And uh, it's why I like them in this series. Uh, Steph's younger than LeBron. I think the Warriors top to bottom are a little better. And obviously, that you know, how often does the six seed have home court in the second round?
1: Not, not often. And I, I think I'll tell you what else is interesting is, you know, um, the, the weakness to Steph forever has been hiding him defensively. I kind of think that's LeBron in this series. Yeah. You know, is that he, he still does some amazing things because of his brain. And look, his body for any normal 38-year-old. But you, you kind of got it. Like, he's not guarding Steph. He can't, he's not guarding Clay. Those guys move too much. You know, and so, and you think, all right, we guards Draymond, then he can be a helper, but, you know, you can't just sit in the lane. You got to come out when he, all those handoffs and other actions they run. Yeah, I, I think that they, they may struggle with where do you hide LeBron?
3: Yeah, I mean, you see it. I, I see it. Anyone that's been watching athletes move for a long time, I mean, you just watch him run up and down the court. He is not nearly as fluid, and I, he's 38 years old. You know, I mean, he's just, he's in a weird, what's crazy to say. Say is he's a shell of himself in his prime, athletically? Yet he's still because, like you said, he's brilliant. He's able to get his numbers, but he'll be he, a guy like him. He's like Brady of basketball. He'd be able to get his numbers at 44 years old. You know, it's it's more about the impact that that game you remember that he had against the Warriors uh, when he went for like 50, 12, and 10 or whatever. Like that was like the end of his athletic prime. Like those days are just don't. Like I don't think he could just. Do what Steph did a couple games ago, right to the Kings, where it's just like, "There's we got no shot of stopping." Like th- those days are over.
1: Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. John Middlecoff is our guest. Um, I love what the Packers did. You know, it's like it gives them two years with Jordan Love to figure it out. And it's like an $8 million average guaranteed over the next two years. And so it says, like, yeah, look, you're our guy, but we really don't know. And it allows them to build a much better team around him, especially next year when Rodgers' cap hit comes off, you know, comes off their cap. What do you think about what they announced today?
3: Yeah, I would say when the story first broke a couple days ago, that they were talking with Jordan Love and they were unsure about the fifth-year option, I was like, that's kind of a red flag. And then I saw Gutekinds just simply say, it's a lot of money to pay a guy who's never played. And I'm like, if you just look at it like that, he's dead on. So this guy, if he has a terrible season, to lock yourself in at that $20 million number is kind of crazy, where you can basically get this two-year contract, which is you know over two years, like $15 million over two years. <laughs> Gives yourself some wiggle room. And <clears throat> even if he's just average, You get him on a very team-friendly deal next year. But if he's average and you're paying him $20 million, I think it's just the right economic decision. Because even if you're optimistic, you're bullish, you really like the guy, you never know until you actually see him. You know, the 49ers like Brock Purdy. But if Brock Purdy had been terrible, they would not still be a fan. Just like they clearly like Jordan Love. They like the guy. They like what they've seen in practice. But until, you know, week in, week out, you see him play – you see him have a terrible game, like, how does he bounce back? You see him have a really good game, well, can he sustain it? They can't know that because nobody knows that. So I, I think they made the right decision by you couldn't give him $20 million, But they also heads the bet a little bit where they didn't find themselves in like a Daniel Jones situation, right? So if he's good enough, let's say they won nine games and they were the seventh seed and they hadn't picked up a fifth-year option and they just rode this year out. Well, then they would kind of be pigeonholed themselves where they'd have to, like, franchise them, which would be more than the fifth-year option, or extend them. So this was, listen, one thing you got to say about the Packers, which is why we always kind of push back on Rodgers, is, like, they run a pretty good operation, and I think this was the safest move.
1: I I, I agree with you. Um, who, who jumped out to you as really, really helping their team in the draft?
3: Well, I, I think historically Seattle would have taken kind of the the risk swing for the fences in Jalen Carter. And I think last year, once they had success with a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that kind of fit their mold and their culture and they didn't have to worry about, they got away from it. And they just took, because they easily could have taken Jalen Carter at five overall. And they just went, you know what? We're going to take the best DB on the board who's also clearly every team in the league that I talked to had him as the number one DB, physical guy who would have been a throwback to our LOB teams and not take the risk. And then, you know, whether they lucked into it or whatever, but to get Jackson, the Ohio State wide receiver, at pick 20, like those are two really good picks. I mean, those are two immediate starters for them. And they won nine games. Now, I don't view them as a team that's going to win, you know, 13 games now, but – they were a nine win team that I was like, you know, they, they kinda got lucky to get nine. Like I think they could be a nine or ten win team and be much better this year. So Oh I I, I, mean, I, I listen, I, I,
1: I, I would tell you this. I mean, again, they got better and then who's the Niners quarterback? We don't know who the Cardinals quarterback's gonna be to start the year.
3: Yeah, this could um, be
1: bad. And the and the the Rams are a mess. So they could be if they stayed the same, they might have a better record. Now they might have a much better record as a better football team. Um, okay, what do you think about Tyree Wilson to the Raiders?
6: Yeah, I, I think
3: any time that you take someone and they feel very good about like his character, he tested really well and all the stuff, like loves football and everything, but is more measurables and has got some injury concerns than just like sweet player. There's always a risk. Now, I do understand where they needed they need defensive help, and there weren't, like, no-brainer offensive linemen when they took, even though they were obviously drafting really high. And it's also, they're not going to depend on him to immediately be like Bosa, right? Because they already got Max Crosby. So he can kind of slide in. But I would say this, and it's not Josh's or Ziegler's fault, but the history of this organization for whatever reason, for the most part, besides, like, Khalil Mack and a couple years of Amari Cooper, these picks have just not worked out. I mean, the guys they've drafted high, the guy they've drafted in the teams, the guy when they've been good, they've drafted in the early, None of them work out. So, they were just... They've been snake-bit. And, you know, they're not taking a guy... You know, they're not doing the... We're taking a guy from Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State. They've And they've done that in the past, and it hasn't worked. So, I'm not saying that's a guarantee... But a little bit riskier, right? A a Texas Tech guy. Yeah. You know, I I just think the Raiders are definitely. Texas
1: Tech having a defensive player drafted is like Iowa having a quarterback. In the top 10? Right. Like Iowa having a quarterback draft. You're like, what? Excuse me?
3: But but it makes sense, right? You have to, you know, Herbert and Mahomes, I mean, are clearly going nowhere, and you've got to impact those guys. And right now, it's like, if we can just sit, throw everything at Max Crosby, there's nothing they can do. And, And. the the best like most teams are not going to have multiple good dbs. Most teams at best have one good corner, but where you can get by with that is when you have a sweet pass rush. So if this guy hits to go with Mac, then they might kind of be on to something. To me the biggest right. question, bigger question with the Raiders is more like it. Jimmy Garoppolo is your starting quarterback, 17 games?
1: Yeah, you better you better have a backup and then you have a better of a backup to the to the backup. I did want to ask you, you talked about Herbert um, would you the Chargers with an interesting draft, right? Like you would think the wide receiver room was pretty full, then they go and get Quentin Johnson. Okay, we're going to stay true to our board. Uh Darius Davis is like, you know, they're going to try and make him into their Tyreek Hill a kick returner. Uh um, yeah. what do you think what the Chargers did?
3: Yeah, to me <clears throat> I to knows wide receivers cuz I I had been on the fence about the TCU guy. Uh but I talked to some teams that were drafting later that really liked him. So, you know, obviously they got Mike Williams under contract, who's an injury concern. Keenan Allen does restructure. He's coming back. It does feel, though, they've had a lot of success in the later rounds with some random guys that have been, you know, very productive. To me, when I think about the Chargers, like offense with Herbert is not really going to be their problem. It's going to be like, can you get big stops in big moments? Now, this was a weird draft. Most teams did not have that many first-rounders, but – and I would guess, obviously, the TCU guy was higher, but, like, the the guy the Cowboys took. Don't they just need some, you know, some juice up front? Uh, and I, I know he's more of a run-stuffing defensive tackle than, like, a pass rusher, but they got pass rushers. They just – they've been gashed in big spots. And their defense, to me – and I know you watch every snap, too – feels like that's the unit that lets them down and uh, offense with Herbert I mean they could find a guy in like the fourth round that I feel like you know when the dust settles would catch 50 balls but I you know I, I don't know I, it's going to come down to uh, there's a ton of pressure on this team right anything less than what would you say you know a playoff victory you know Brandon Saley has won now 19 games the last couple of years. They were right there last year with a huge lead. But you got to start quarterback like this. It's not just like winning 10 games every year. It's about making some noise in the playoffs. And the Chiefs and the Bengals have been able to get it done in January. Their defense comes to play. So that, that's to me my biggest question mark about the Chargers in, in these big spots.
1: Uh, you mentioned Jalen Carter several times early on. I think the Eagles plan is like, hey, you know. We brought in a couple of great defensive players in the first round, and we're going to put them around these veterans. And, you know, the culture of how they do things is going to get these guys, and having all these Georgia guys is going to get them lined out. Does that work?
3: We're going to find out. It's going to be a test case because when you look at the way they've built their team, it's not even just Georgia, it's the SEC guys. I mean, the core of their team. Now, Devontae Smith drafted Landon Dickerson, uh, who played at Alabama. Obviously, Jalen, last year was at Oklahoma, but, you know, he's three years at Alabama. And to me, I, I equate it to, like, AAU basketball, where if you're a good basketball player in 2023, like some sweet guy that's going to be, you know, B1 guy, potential NBA guy, you kind of know guys all over the country. In football, it's difficult because, for the most part, unless you're a huge recruit traveling, but that's only on a recruiting weekend, you just kind of know the guys in your state and in your area for football. But once you go to college, all the SEC guys know the SEC guys. All the Pac-12 guys know the Pac-12 guys. And I do think for Jalen, it's a double whammy. You have the multiple Georgia guys, but you also have the SEC guy A.J. Brown, SEC star. right? So I think they are uniquely equipped. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, who I think a lot of people would say, you know, a little over the hill. You resign both those guys. I mean, they still can play a little bit, but they also like what's Jalen going to do? Act like an idiot in front of the guy that stripped Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl Or Fletcher Cox? You know, one of the great defensive tackles in the history of the Eagles. Another SEC guy. So they're kind of betting on that. But you know, you can sometimes. I don't care what type of infrastructure you have, whether it's you know Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, or whether it's the pros you know, Belichick for all those years, Andy Reid. Like, sometimes guys just, for whatever reason, don't shape in. But his talent, I mean, for a draft that was quote-unquote down, and it was, he was an elite talent in any draft. You know, size, the speed, obviously playing at the program. He was the best player, most talented prospect at least, two years ago on Georgia's team. They had 14 players drafted on that defense. Seven of them were first-rounders. And I think everyone would tell you Jalen was the the best prospect. Now you got to factor in the character and the concerns, but you just sometimes you just can't pass on a talent like
1: that. Um, the devil's always in the details. I don't know how much of the details you've seen to the Lamar Jackson deal, but who who won? Like who won the the, the Ravens or Lamar Jackson and the idea of representing yourself? I think in a weird way they both kind of lost
3: because last year was a throwaway. You know, like, last year should have been a year where they were competing to make a run right there with, like, the Bengals and the Chiefs. But because, like, he would have taken essentially this deal a year ago because he just took a normal quarterback deal, which I don't know for 99% of the rest of the NFL is the best deal in the history of the world. So he just took, like, Jalen Hurts' deal. Well, they were offering him quarterback of last year. Now, he clearly ended up with more money because he waited out. But last year was, you know, you could say it was an embarrassment for the organization. For sure it was. I don't know if Lamar handled it perfectly. Uh, I guess if he can stay healthy and everything, it's a win-win for everybody. But you can't just be throwing away. It's one thing to lose, right? Like the Chargers lost last year on the road to the the Jacks. But they didn't throw away the year. It felt like the second half of that season was just – a throwaway, incredible story with Tyler Huntley, but like you ain't going anywhere with that guy. So I, I, I think that if money solves everything, we're going to find out, and everyone's just just kumbaya out. But you know, anyone that's done any sort of contract, whether it's six figures or the type deal, if there's lingering animosity, you know, I, I don't know if money just fixes everything. I, I, I do think that's at least something to monitor. I know in his post, he he looked happy, and the Ravens tried to keep on a clear face, but sometimes. Even though you do something like that, is there anything lingering? And I don't know, but it's definitely going to be something that it's a story that I would say is not going to go away if something weird happens, right?
1: I think the story goes away because he's still compensated. I just think there's a lot of people. One, we don't know the total details of what he's really getting, right? Yeah. What he's really guaranteed. And secondly, it's you have so many people who don't understand basic economics making comments about things where it's like, you you definitely would have rather taken the money last year. Granted, you, the contract doesn't wouldn't have become live until this year, much like this one. But you would have gotten the money up front, and wouldn't, it would have already been making more money for you, and exactly. it would have sped up the process of your next contract. And but it's a young guy. Right. He's a young guy. And last year was a lost season. There's there's a, there's actually a lot lost by it. But it's fascinating because my perception of it may be different than people in the league or other players perception of it. That that's the part that I'm probably most most interested in. John Middlecoff our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. You, you know, it's weird. We do. We talk about a bunch of teams and sometimes we miss on the ones that matter. The Rams absolutely mattered. What are they going to look like next year? I
3: don't think they're going to be very good. I mean, I I talked to a buddy in the league a a couple weeks ago about the draft, and, you know, he's like, everyone's ripping on the Cardinals, and they look like they're destined for a terrible year. But, like, besides, like, three players that have now all been injured, Aaron Donald less than than Cooper Cup and obviously Stafford. I mean, we we said they were top-heavy two years ago. I I mean, it's, it's way worse now, so they are one rolled ankle away to me from another. Now the difference is they have the draft pick this year, but it's it's one of those things that their room and margin for error, when you look at the other, you know, the Cowboys last year, they lost back and they've had some injuries. They just battle along. Same with the 49ers, same with the Eagles. The, the Rams, while fully healthy for the whole season, if you told me, you know, they'd win nine, ten games for sure. But how could you bet on that after, especially it's, it's very dependent on the quarterback right I mean they're they're not if Stetson Bennett has to play like good luck you know good luck this guy was a lock agent a year ago so uh, I I don't know I mean I I think I I would bet on the Rams not being that good just because their quarterbacks in fair I've always been a Matt Stafford guy but he has battled injuries his entire career and usually just don't become healthier when you start getting 35 years old, right?
1: No question about it.
3: No, they the terrible. They can't block.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were so top heavy, then they try to replace guys. And it's, it's a cycle. Cycle with with how they how they do things. Shamanokoff, three 3 out is a podcast. He also has the Go Low podcast. John, you're the best, man. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: You're picking the Warriors, right? Yes. Good man. See ya. Yeah. See ya. Fifteen seconds to go. Horford has him out top. James with a dribble. Harden one-on-one. Nine seconds on the shot clock. Harden for three. Shot up. It's good. Harden made a triple. The Sixers go up by two. Eight seconds to go. Smart at midcourt. The Sixers let him shoot at three. It's up. It's no good. And the Sixers have won game one. Paul Reed with four free throws down the stretch. And the Sixers win 119-115. How about that?
1: It's time for the progressive play of the day. Progressive is making things even easier. They help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. That call on ninety 97.5, the Fanatics, 76ers Radio Network. The Sixers take game one. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Man, I wish Buyer was here after watching that video of, uh, of uh, it's at Bailey Ranch up in Owasso, Oklahoma. That's a suburb of Tulsa North, eastern suburb of Tulsa Jay Stu what'd you what'd you think of that uh, throwdown dudes in golf pants going at it there's yep. an old man that says you know you don't step up to me if you want some and then he drops two dudes Yeah,
4: it wasn't one of those um, fake brawls. It wasn't one of those, like, posturing and pull me back before I get to you. It was those were blows were being thrown. People were getting hurt. I wouldn't doubt it if there was a trip to the hospital. Kind of disturbing. I just need to know exactly what started it. I want to know what the subject
1: was between a bunch of white golfers. Okay, so uh, what are the the possible – like, it's somebody either hit into their group repeatedly – Or something about playing through and how they handled it.
4: Oh, so you think it was after the round? That
1: that was an after the round brawl?
4: I got the feeling it was before the round.
1: It's in front of the clubhouse. Yeah, I I need to know. It's in front of the clubhouse, it it appears, right? So I I would think it's either at the turn or at the end of the round. Now, the one thing it could be, I, I don't think it's guy in gambling, you know, gambling debts not paid. I think it's somebody hitting into the group. That's what I think it is.
5: Is that worth a fight though when somebody uh, you know
1: again it uh, like I, there's nothing in my life that i have come to as an adult male that i said <laughs> like i want to fight another guy up. <laughs> you really? add
4: you add beer and yeah. and the heat
1: yeah, right you had beer in oklahoma heat right and they're in pants which i've never really understood you have, <laughs> you're not on the pga tour you're not gonna wear pants um but i would say you know like look if you're standing there on the green and somebody, or you're on the even on the fairway, and somebody whizzes a ball a couple times by your head, and you say something about it, and they don't do anything. Then you say something about it, and then they say something snide, like, "Yeah, sometimes that does." The guys do throw down, even if they yell four. Well, if they yell four, well, first of all, <laughs> yelling, I don't know. That's what I. I'm just talking about. That's what happens you get, in you off, you right? I mean, get one. You get one time where you yell four. Okay. After that you're like, look, dude, you obviously have a little bit more length than you're used to. Like, wait. <laughs>
5: He's using a driver on a par 3 140 or
1: something like that. Yeah. (laughs) You you whiz a ball by a dude's ear, and and he may change tunes a little bit. Let's get to the press. The Press. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Now you're going to hear from Manci Bolaños, who's got all the biggest stories in the world of sports, something we call the press.
7: Mm -hmm. Doug, would you say that you are a sabotager? No. No, you don't hold grudges and... A
1: saboteur. Is that what it is? A saboteur?
7: I like my word better. But would you say that you're a saboteur?
1: Uh, self-saboteur. I've, I've I've done the uh, the Plexigl Burris plenty of times in my life. <laughs> Why do you ask?
7: Well, it seems as though Bill Belichick purposely sabotaged the Jets during the first round of this NFL draft that just happened. Sports Illustrated has a story out right now, it published about four hours ago, that he screwed the Jets. Uh, the Patriots traded the 14th overall pick to the Steelers for the 17th overall pick and a fourth rounder. And some general managers that were anonymous in this story think Belichick did it on purpose to mess with the Jets. New York had the 15th overall pick and the Patriots thought that they wanted Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones. So Belichick made the swap with the Steelers who ended up taking Jones with the 14th overall pick. <laughs> Two NFL general managers said in the story who were anonymous, one of the quotes was, Belichick did it to... F the Jets and the other quote was Bill will try to screw them over any chance he gets he knew exactly what he was doing
1: so I do well I mean thing. he everybody knows he hates the Jets organization right. and Woody Johnson because of his time when he was head coach and got out of it as, as soon as possible right mm-hmm. um, so he was an assistant at Parcells with the Giants and with New England he was named the Jets interim coach uh, and then the Patriots wanted him, and it would just got super, super ugly. So yeah, I totally believe it.
7: Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Kind of love it. it. But... All right, other story. Antonio Brown, this guy just keeps making headlines in the wrong way. Uh, Apparently he's a terrible owner. So in March he became one of the owners of the National Arena League's Albany Empire. This is a professional indoor football team and this league started in 2017. Apparently he was able to force other owners out by simply throwing money their, their way. TMZ Sports spoke to two former teammates, a head coach and the quarterback of this team and they said that it was a hostile takeover and that he was a nightmare to work with. The main issue was everyone getting paid. And when the coach at the time, Damon Ware, talked to Antonio Brown about it, he would get bad texts from Brown, basically um threatening him, violent texts threatening him. And he said that it became all about Antonio Brown and not about the team. This past April, in their last game, they still had payment issues. And some of the team started to, you know, say things on the way back to the hotel in the bus. When they got back to their hotel... The captain, the coach, and several other players discovered that their room keys no longer worked and that the hotel told them that it was Antonio Brown's doing. He gave them a list of players that were not allowed to go back into their hotel room. And this team, by the way, back-to-back champions in this league. And they're off to not a great start ever since Antonio Brown took over.
1: Well, i mean, like, look, I mean, here's a guy who he hadn't paid child support. He's notoriously cheap. Uh, who knows what his income is now? Anyway, with you know, not not having a job, he self-proclaimed that he was going to the Ravens, even though they're not interested. But More than anything, <laughs> when you're, th- this is the hard part in life for former athletes. Hmm. When you've been given things your whole life, and now all of a sudden, like, no, it's not free. Like you got to pay for it. Some guys like they act like they're like morally offended by opening up like. Owner, you gotta write those checks. And owner owning a minor league sports team, usually you're gonna lose money. So yeah, welcome to the real world.
3: Hey, get out there and press. That was the press.
1: I think we can all conclude Antonio Brown, horrible guy, right? Like there's no reason to <laughs> there's no real disputing that. Super yeah. talented wide receiver, horrible, horrible guy. All right, I got my picks on the podcast for tonight's NBA games. We didn't have time for Two Lies, One Cup. Guys, we got to get to that tomorrow. Give the hockey folks a little love and challenge Ramos to watch some hockey tonight, don't we? Don't we? Bryce Harper possibly back today. We'll cover that tomorrow. Okay. And Dylan Brooks is looking for work. And people are making, people are like, say, don't say Shanghai Sharks. He may be on his way to Shanghai. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check out in the bonus podcast. It's live now, Fox Sports Radio.
3: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.